In A and B Pawn Shop versus Max Sport Shop LLLP 2021 ARC App 498, the Arkansas Court of Appeals considered a case involving allegations of improper interference between competitors and affirmed summary judgment for defendant. The majority decided the case in reasoning that there was insufficient proof of damages. However, a concurring opinion wrote additionally there was no cause of action because this was permissible business competition. The parties will be referred to by their doing business as names, by which they are commonly known in DeWitt for plaintiff and Stuttgart for defendant. Webb's sporting goods fall suit against Max Prairie Wings and reasoned it impermissibly contacted Webb's suppliers and urged them to choose between Max and Webb's but to not do business with both. In addition, the complaint alleged Max made false statements about Webb's business, referring to it as a pawn shop and having an insufficient ability to set up bows. Other allegations were that there were violations of statutory causes of action for deceptive trade practices or disparate pricing offered in selling on a third party's, Walmart's, website. The complaint has four counts interference with contractual relations or business expectancy, defamation, and violation of the Arkansas Deceptive Trade Practices Act and of the Arkansas Unfair Practices Act. The trial court granted summary judgment and denied a motion to compel discovery, and the appellate court affirmed. Judge Murphy explained, Max has operated a sporting goods store in Stuttgart specializing in duck hunting gear since the 1940s. Webbs began as a pawn shop in DeWitt around 2006 and later began selling sporting goods around 2013. The parties sell many of the same lines of hunting equipment and apparel. Max expressed to its vendors and suppliers its concern and displeasure over potentially losing business to a nearby competitor and it suggested that the vendors and suppliers not do business with Webbs or risk losing Max as a customer. Webbs also received reports from vendors about these communications. Webbs subsequently filed suit against Max on April 11, 2017, asserting causes of action for tortious interference with a business expectancy, defamation, and violation of the Arkansas Deceptive Trade Practices Act, or ADTPA. Webbs later amended his complaint to assert a call of action for violation of the Arkansas Unfair Practices Act, or AUPA. In its amended complaint, Webbs identified three statements Max made to a manufacturer's representative that it, le- it alleged was defamatory. Quote, Webbs is part pawn shop sporting goods with no technician whatsoever, and I don't see how they could set up a customer properly. If you would not set Webbs up as a dealer, I would greatly appreciate and will continue selling and promoting Hoyts the best I can. You risk damage to your brand due to the simple fact that they don't know archery like we do. If they have an archery tech, he is nowhere near as qualified, nor respected in this industry as our archery department manager tech Jody Smith and tech Jody Price. End of quote. The defendant moved for summary judgment and plaintiff filed a motion to compel discovery that sought information about Mac's alleged posting of a vendor's products on Walmart's website. Plaintiff argued this information was relevant under the Unfair Practices Act. The trial court disagreed, 
ruling the evidence was neither relevant nor calculated to lead to the discovery of admissible evidence. Following that order, the circuit court granted summary judgment, and both from the bench and in the written order that followed stated simply, there were no genuine issues of material fact and that Max was entitled to a judgment as a matter of law. On appeal, the majority opinion reasoned there was no abuse of discretion in denying the requested discovery, and as to summary judgment, it was proper because of a lack of proof of an essential element on each count of damages. The court rejected arguments that Webb's deposition and an affidavit from an economist were sufficient proof of damages. The Court of Appeals noted in the motion for summary judgment, defendants stated that plaintiffs suffered no damages. In a footnote, the opinion added, We recognize that Webbs has argued that this case could be considered as one cause of action, tortious interference, with the other causes of action being used to show the impropriety of Mack's actions. The opinion then addressed plaintiff's response as to damages for various claims. In summary, Webb testified that as to one supplier, Hoyt, the vendor's representative demanded that plaintiff purchase more inventory than he could sell and that he could not buy products from others, which resulted in a profit loss. As to the appellate argument, the decision noted plaintiff's damage claims included damages included urging suppliers to refuse to sell inventory to Webb's, Exhibit 1, email from Chuck Locke, Executive Vice President of Max, dated September 24, 2015. There was a loss of income because of the inability to purchase and then sell products from suppliers due to these statements. Webb listed damages suffered precisely in dollars and cents. End of quote. The Court of Appeals looked to various counts as to the asserted damages. As to tortious interference, quote, Webb's generally argues that Max tortiously interfered with Webb's contracts with some of the vendors that service both Webb's and Max by making derogatory and untruthful statements regarding Webb's business and forcing the vendors to choose to do business with either Max or Webb's. Webb's argued that Max's tortious interference with these vendors caused Webb's to sustain damages to its business. Assuming arguendo that Max did intentionally interfere with the business expectation of Webb's, which we specifically do not address, to sustain a claim for tortious interference, Webb's must also prove resultant, resultant damage. End of quote. The opinion noted plaintiff's arguments as to damages. Quote, Webb's also submitted an affidavit from an alleged expert economist, Gregory L. Hamilton, Ph.D., that opined without much explanation that Webb's economic losses will greatly exceed several hundred thousand dollars. Webb's further offered the deposition testimony of Bobby Webb Jr., the owner of Webb's. Mr. Webb testified that Webb's was hurt in its pocketbook. He explained that Hoyt required Webb's to purchase more Hoyt products than Webb's wanted and that Webb's had been financially damaged because it could not receive all the products it needed. Finally, Mr. Webb opined during his deposition that if he had been able to purchase products from various brands, Webb's could have made a substantial profit on the basis of its set profit margin if the products had sold. End of quote. In looking to the damages suffered in each count, the opinion continued, quote, In its response to Max's motion for summary judgment, 
Webbs did not directly address damages under its argument for tortious interference and did so only in the context of its defamation and ADTPA claims. As already outlined above, Webbs provided statements from an alleged expert economist who opined that Webbs's economic losses will greatly exceed several thousand dollars, and it presented testimony from the deposition of Bobby Webb Jr. that the Hoyt brand required Webbs to buy more product than it wanted to buy and that there was a loss of income because of the inability to purchase and then sell products from other suppliers due to the actions of Max. These statements are conclusory at best and do not prove, without considerable speculation and conjecture, that Max proximately caused Webb's some result in damages. As to defamation, quote, Plaintiff testified that because of the emails, he was required to initially purchase more Hoyt products than he otherwise would have been required to buy from Hoyt, and that he still had a portion of that inventory which he had paid for but been unable to sell. He also testified about the embarrassment and humiliation he suffered when he was approached by the Hoyt representative to whom defendants' emails had been sent when that representative approached him at a Salt Lake City sales event and finally told him, just do the best you can. Here, even assuming arguendo that statements by Max met the other elements of defamation, which we do not specifically address in his opinion, Webb's failed to offer proof in response to Max's motion for summary judgment that it sustained damages. Webb's failed to offer any evidence that Max's alleged defamatory statements detrimentally affected its relationship with other suppliers, specifically with Hoyt. In its response to Max's motion for summary judgment, Webb's states that its claim of defamation is based on a series of emails from Max to Hoyt Archery. However, Webb's admitted that Hoyt does, in fact, still do business with Webb's. Webb's nevertheless argues that it incurred damages because Hoyt required it to buy more products initially than it otherwise would have bought. However, there is no evidence that Max made any statements to Hoyt telling Hoyt to require Webb's to do so or any other evidence that Hoyt's purchase requirements were related to the statements made to the emails from Max to Hoyt. End of quote. The Court of Appeals noted that the ADTPA was amended in 2017 to require a claimant to show actual financial loss, adding, quote, Actual financial loss is defined in the ADTPA as an ascertainable amount of money that is equal to the difference between the amount paid by a person for goods or services and the actual market value of the goods or services provided to a person. Art Code and Section 488-1029. End of quote. In, in the response to summary judgment, plaintiff stated, Plaintiff has incurred actual damages by the actions complained about against defendant, as already argued. Plaintiff has been defamed by defendant, as already argued. And all of the actions of defendant, particularly when taken as a whole, to evidence defendant's obvious intention of destroying competition and interfering with plaintiff's business, constitute unconscionable, false, and deceptive acts and practices. End of quote. This was not enough, explained the Court of Appeals. Quote, Again, assuming arguendo that Max's conduct, as alleged by Webb's, was deceptive consumer-oriented act or practice, which is misleading in a material respect, which we specifically do not address, 
we hold that Webbs failed to present evidence of an actual financial loss as required by the ADTPA. End of quote. As to the AUPA, the opinion noted plaintiff alleged defendant violated the act by selling drakes at a different price in the physical store as opposed to on Walmart's website. Quote, Arkansas Code Annotated Section 475-207A is penal in nature and must be strictly construed in favor of those upon whom the burden of the penalty is sought to be imposed. By its very terms, the AUPA applies to price discrimination only between one area in Arkansas and another area in Arkansas. End of quote. Here, the AUPA claim also failed because of lack of specificity of damages. Quote, the intent of the AUPA is to prevent goods that are unfairly priced below the goods of competitors from temporarily entering the market and forcing the competitor out of business, thus gaining a monopoly within a given locality, after which time the prices may be raised without limit and without competition to the final detriment of the public interest. Webbs fails to establish with enough specificity that Max was selling identical items at different prices with a focus on the location of the purchaser and with the intent to injure competition. Rather, Webbs argues in conclusory fashion that Max was trying to destroy competition between the parties. End of quote. A second point under the Act was that there was either a violation of Drake's policy or a secret agreement between defendant and Drake to allow its products to be sold. This also failed. Quote, the AUPA prohibits only the secret payment of what are commonly referred to as kickbacks. Here, Webbs makes this allegation without sufficient evidence because there was no evidence of any secret payments or special privileges from Drake to Max. Nor was there any proof that such actions tended to harm competition, just more conclusory allegations. End of quote. The trial court denied plaintiff's motion to compel, seeking information pertaining to sales of Drake products by defendant on the Walmart site. Quote, Webbs argued the evidence was relevant to show both an intention to interfere with Webbs's business relations and impropriety on behalf of, behalf of Max because Drake does not approve of this means of marketing. On appeal, Webbs makes the conclusory claim that if it can prove Max acted improperly by selling product in violation of Drake's policy, it would show Webbs suffered damages because its sales were affected. However, Webbs fails to causally relate the relationship between Max and Walmart, a third-party vendor, to Webbs's claims. Webbs also fails to demonstrate how additional discovery would have altered the outcome. If an appellate cannot demonstrate how additional discovery would have changed the outcome of the case, we cannot say that the circuit court abused its discretion. End of quote. A concurring opinion by Chief Judge Harrison agreed with summary judgment on failure to demonstrate damages and, in looking to the intentional interference count, explained. This state has adopted Section 768 of the Restatement Second of Torts, which is titled Competition as Proper or Improper Interference. See Kinko, Inc. v. Shuck Steel, Inc., 283, Arc 72, adopting the section. And Section 768, in this case, negates the potential liability that could attach under Section 767. The sum and substance of Section 768 is this. If the alleged tortious interference is intended, at least in part, 
to advance the financial interest of Max, then the conduct web's challenges will not support liability unless Max used improper or wrongful means to interfere with the contract or business expectancy. See Kinko 283 ARC at 78. This record supports neither concept. End of quote. The concurrence reasoned the record demonstrated Max's actions were intended to advance its financial interest. Its actions were not wrongful or with proper intent. Quote, the record does show that Max used persuasion and exerted limited economic pressure, but this was done in line with the limits Section 768 sets. Max is permitted to divert business away from Webb's and to itself so long as the interference is not done solely to satisfy spite or ill will and is done at least in part to advance Max's competitive interest and does not otherwise violate the law. End of quote. The same result would follow regarding the ADTPA claim, and as to the AUPA claim, the concurring judge wrote that the trial court did not err in denying the motion to compel because of a failure to show the evidence was relevant or calculated to lead to the discovery of admissible evidence. In addition, the minority opinion added, there is no showing that the 1937 AUPA statute applies to Internet sales, and here, quote, Webbs has failed to persuade this court that Max has discriminated in its pricing between one geographic area in Arkansas as opposed to another. End of quote. End of decision.